the best teams are not necessarily made up entirely of what we might consider to be A players. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. Today, you'll hear an episode from our Takeover Tuesday series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another episode of Takeover Tuesday Flip My Phone podcast. Again, with me, uh, this whole month, we're going to have the founder and CEO of Demandgen, David Lewis, who runs a digital marketing agency, has written a, written a book. He is writing his second book, Agents of Change, and has done a phenomenal job with the first episode. If you haven't listened, I'll ask you to go back and listen to it. It's with Jen, and she talks about what it takes to be the first-time CMO, her tech stack, and all kinds of things that you, if you're an aspiring CMO or a CMO yourself or someone who wants to talk to a CMO, really, really good episode to go look at. And this time, as part of the CMO Insight Series, we're going to have another guest. So, David, first of all, thank you for continuing to do this show and be my co-host. Thank thank me. Thank you, Sangram, for having me on the program and, and to try to fill in your big shoes. Uh, it was really great to do the, the first episode, and I'm excited to have everybody give a, a listen to our next CMO, which is Gene Foca. Gene is the Chief Marketing Officer at Getty Images. Very, very passionate guy. And this episode, very exciting because we really talk about customer experience. You know, it's something Sangram on the program. You always talk about one team and you talk about the customer being the most important aspect of every business. So I thought it would be great to have someone like Gene on who's equally passionate about customer experience and share with your audience just how critical that is and what it takes to deliver really remarkable customer experience. Oh, I can't wait for this. So let's jump into it. All right, let's do this. All right, welcome back to another episode of Flip My Funnel. If you don't recognize the voice, this is Dave Lewis standing in for Sangram and his team all this month with a few episodes that I call CMO Insights. And here we are with Gene Foca. Today on the program, I have Gene Foca. If you don't know Gene, he is the Chief Marketing Officer at Getty Images. Our teams have gotten together over the past year and done some work together. We have a long history with Getty Images. But Gene, the real reason I have you on the program today, do you know what it is? Is because I am a drone pilot and I want to figure out how to get my content up on Getty so that people can actually buy it. I'm kidding, of course. Great to have you on the program, but I am really a drone pilot. And I often have wondering where does all that great footage come from? Because there's some great, great drone pilots, but we'll get into Getty in a minute. Gene has some rules of engagement of which I am not following today, and that is he always likes to be on video, but since it's a podcast, I will have to describe the environment that Gene is in so all of you can visualize that. He's sitting in an office in New York. Behind him is a photo of a soccer team, and Gene has not only been a soccer coach, but Gene, if I remember correctly, you're able to coach professional soccer. Is that right? No, I was a paid soccer coach uh, for a long time, uh, but at the club level and at the high school level, did it for about uh, in total for about 14 years and at the high school level for about five. And it's not just a picture of a soccer team behind me. There's multiple images, uh, all Getty, of course, in my office. But the one behind me is a picture of Liverpool, which is one of the teams that I follow. Awesome. 
So let's let's start off with the first logical question going there is what does coaching soccer and being a CMO have in common? Um, I think a, a lot of things, and I think I would compare it more to just being a business leader in general, but there are definitely some aspects that are specific to being a CMO. I think, you know, there's a lot of things that I I cross-applied um, when I was coaching and, and lessons that were reinforced. I think, you know, one of the things is that I've become a big believer uh, over time in the idea that the best teams are not necessarily made up entirely of what we might consider to be A players. And what I mean by that is that from my point of view, one of the number one things that's important in making a successful team work in business or on the athletic field is chemistry. There's aspects of that that get caught up in the, in the term culture, but I've, I've found that chemistry is what really leads to success. And the best chemistry is formed when, when teams fit together well. And sometimes that means the best combination of players who are in every way A players and players who are in some ways B players, but perhaps in very, very specific ways that are complementary, they are A players. And so those were sort of theories and hypotheses that I had that were reinforced on the soccer field, and I found them to be consistently true. And I find those things uh, also to be true in the business world. I mean, just the most simple example, Dave, if, if you had a team of people who were all aggressive A players, all whom wanted to be promoted at the same pace and time, all whom had very similar skill sets, that wouldn't necessarily be productive. Nope. So Gene and I have this in common. We've both been soccer coaches. I've never been a paid coach, but my soccer coaching experience began when my neighbor, who's a single mom, three girls, uh, twins, one of them asked me if I would coach their soccer. And I coached um, all of those three girls for years. And Gene, the thing after I coached them, I started coaching my own daughters. I have two. And my favorite day of practice was when we did the parent player day. And, and bear with me a second, because you're going to relate to this, I think, big time. And you know, all season, the parents are on the sideline and they're yelling at their kids, right? Which, which we manage pretty well. But, you know, you know, shoot, shoot, run, run, you know, giving all of this instruction, because everybody's a soccer player, right? So my favorite day was when I would bring the parents to a practice and have them play the kids. And they would immediately realize, wow, this is actually really hard, really exhausting. And they had a whole different perspective going into the season. So do you see any similarities between soccer and marketing? There's no doubt. Everyone thinks they can play soccer because it only involves a ball and primarily your feet. And most people think uh, that they can do marketing. They think it's a sort of a simple discipline. And really, marketing is just the overall act of making really smart business decisions on behalf of your customers in communicating with them and creating a really fantastic experience and customer journey for those customers that is free of friction. And there's a lot more to it than, than most people think. And so I think in those ways, it's very analogous to, to soccer. And, and you in your, in your career in marketing, especially for the last several years, you've, you know, get, people might think of Getty as, as just B2C, right? People coming in there and getting images for whatever, but it's, it's far from that, right? There's, it's, it's, it's B2B. You were previously at Fresh Direct. 
would love to hear more about that. And then Amazon before that. So you've worked at some startups and some very exciting companies. And, and uh, I'm always amazed at how many people, especially from the sidelines, think that marketing is so easy. And yet I think every year marketing has gotten incredibly more difficult, incredibly more sophisticated and challenging. And I liked our conversation that we had recently about the brand experience and, and who, you know, who's responsible for that. I like to say there's three types of companies, those that are born in the era of change, those that adapt to change, and those that fail to change and they normally die. So Fresh Direct's a great example of a company that was born in the era of change, right? With the internet and everything and the ability to do delivery. And Getty's been around for a long time and is adapting to change. So what's your perspective on, you know, the brand experience? Because I know how passionate you are about it, but who's responsible for it? Well, there's no doubt um, that depending on the organizational construct, one person who's always uh, to some significant degree responsible for the brand experience is, is the CMO. And that person could be entirely responsible for everything that's related to the brand experience. But in many organizations, the construct is such that there are other people who touch the customer journey and the brand experience. They could be the heads of product. Obviously, they could be the heads of global sales. Regardless of the construct, though, the reality is, is that every person who's part of the executive management team in an organization is responsible for the brand and is responsible for making sure that the values of the company and, and the value proposition on behalf of the customer is served in the best way possible. And from my point of view, that really begins and ends with the entirety of the customer journey. The customer journey is the brand. It is what customers experience with you. And frankly, no matter what your marketing messages are, no matter how sophisticated are your marketing campaigns, if the entirety of the customer journey does not support the value propositions and the experience that you're telling customers and potential customers they should be able to expect, then it's literally like taking marketing dollars and putting them in a suitcase on the street corner because you can tell a customer or a potential customer anything you want to about your product, your service, your company, your organization, but all of that pales in comparison to what the customer actually experiences when they engage with your company, whether it be through a sales professional, a customer service agent, a website, a mobile app, et cetera. When you come to Getty Images and you think about the brand experience there, you know, just this past weekend, well, it depends when you're listening to the podcast, but at the end of September, I celebrated my birthday and my 27th wedding anniversary. And we went- Congratulations. Thank you, sir. We went to Arizona. And this was following, by the way, the week that I spent in San Francisco, of which I paid a whopping $919 for a hotel room at the Marriott. And I was just stunned that the hotels charged that much that week, nevertheless needed to stay and pay the $900. However, over the weekend, I paid $300 and stayed at the Andaz in Arizona and Scottsdale, and this podcast is not sponsored by them. However, I had an amazing experience. Clearly, someone thought of the entire experience. When we pulled up and exited the car, there was no, hey, can I help you with your bags? It was without question. They were helping us with the bags, and they did. When we got to the lobby, and I call it a lobby, it was beautiful with artwork all over the place, 
And there was no front desk. There was no thing that you stand at. There were just people to greet you. And they walked over with their iPads. And I sat down in chairs. They had us sit down. And they offered us a complimentary cocktail as they checked us in comfortably. And I could go on and talk about the pool experience where there was ice water by the side of the pool because it was 103 degrees out. And there was ice water in many other places. And the incredible service experience. I mean, somebody thought of everything from the time we arrived to checking in, to going to our room, to using the facilities, and even getting downtown at night, of which they provided drivers in Teslas to take us wherever we want for $300 a night, not $900 a night, which was not a great experience. No offense, Marriott. And, you know, I remember Keith Ferrazzi, who I've had the chance to meet. He was responsible for Kimpton Hotels back in the day, and he was so passionate about the brand experience. So Getty, over to you. When someone goes and downloads an image and you guys make it a frictionless experience to think about selecting those images, putting them into a library, grabbing that light box and downloading the images and making that experience you know, as, as easy as possible. And then if I go to another machine with my same account, being able to go get the images that I've had before, is that product? Is it marketing? The payment experience, the subscription experience, all of that. I'm curious to hear how much of that is orchestrated and led cross-functionally from marketing or, or other areas. Because to me, Getty is not just about the images, right? And the image library, that's a piece of it. It is the total experience. You know, the brand to me is much more than just that. There's, there's no doubt. And I, I think that Getty Images as an organization is coming around to that way of thinking certainly more and more, but, but intensely just during the past several years. In our organization, which by the way, is not a huge organization, even though we have a massive global footprint. We sell in over 60 countries throughout the globe. The fact of the matter is, is that the organization itself is quite small from a full-time employee standpoint. And decisions like that are made collaboratively. And so ideally, in any organization, the marketing officer, the, the, whether it be the CMO or, or whatever the title might be within an organization, leads the charge on all things that relate to the customer experience. In our organization, we work on, on those issues collaboratively. The global head of sales provides feedback directly from her country heads and from her sales professionals as to what the customers are telling us. The marketing team provides input from the standpoint of performance marketing, you know, various ways that we can collect information from customers and through research. The product team provides information through user experience research, as well as by tracking the competitive environment. And together, we discuss the customer journey and what it means to remove friction from that customer journey and create a delightful experience for the customer. And we do so regularly, literally every week in formal settings, we're reviewing different aspects of our business and constantly trying to improve those things and restacking roadmaps and resources in order to get the best customer experience executed. You, you mentioned the word friction twice, and I want to come back to it because I talked about it with our head of sales this morning, and I'm always encouraging him to take every piece of friction out of the buying process as possible. And right, there's friction on, on both sides, right? There's seller friction, which is what a sales team has to go through to conduct a sale, but there's buyer friction, which is how hard it is to navigate and get the thing that you want or not have enough choices or the right price points. And so you mentioned it a couple of times. Is it an initiative formally or informally at Getty to, to take friction out of the buying process and the customer experience 
process and all that? Well, I wouldn't call it an initiative. I would, I would call it a growing part of our culture. It's a cultural focus for us to take friction out of the customer experience. And I think, frankly, it's born out of the fact that, you know, Getty Images really is the market leader in this space, the space that imagery and, and videography inhabits. And we're, you know, we believe our, our mission is to move the world with images. And really culturally, what we're trying to do here is unwrap ourselves from all of the legacy and the history that relates to the processes that were originally implemented in order to deliver our product to customers. And more and more, we're trying to take steps to remove as much friction as possible, whether it be from the website, the sales process, understanding of our packages and how customers can purchase imagery and videography from us. And so it's really a core aspect of our culture at this point. That's awesome. I mean, you worked at one of the companies that I think has been one of the great change agents of buying, that being Amazon. And if I, my memory serves me correctly, I think they filed a patent in 1999 for the one-click experience of which Apple ended up licensing for the Apple store. I mean, to think that you could patent, not only decide to invent, but to patent a one-click ordering experience to make it as seamless as, and frictionless as possible is, um, is amazing. You know, you and I have had similar career journeys in terms of length of careers and, and the roles that we've had. When you think back to your career, who were some of the companies that you think really, you know, when people say, oh, when you think of great branding or great marketing, who do you think of? We often hear Apple. When you think of the pioneers of a great experience and meaning more than just a product, but just the totality of the experience, what companies stand out for you looking back? Look, I, I looked back at, at my history in the business world, really beginning with my long tenure at Time Incorporated and Time Warner. And, and I consider Time Inc. and companies like American Express really some of the earlier pioneers in how to construct an appropriate customer journey. And I think it goes back to the notion of really looking at all of the touch points. In the case of Time Inc., obviously, it starts with creating the world's best editorial product and delivering news and information and information of value and, and service for the customer. And it extends all the way through how that product is is sold and serviced to the consumer and the reader, as well as how that product is serviced to the advertiser and how we deliver that readership to the advertiser. So that whole ecosystem uh, works together and we both retain customers on the reader side of the business, as well as retain customers on the advertising side of the business. And I think American Express was a company in the 70s and 80s who did that very well and who frankly, thought of the brand as being more than just a marketing campaign, but looked at it through the lens of the entirety of the customer journey and the entirety of the customer experience. And I think the similarities between the two companies was that all of that was informed by data uh, and by, by early forms of performance marketing. And I think, you know, in the last 10 to 15 years, the companies that have supercharged that idea are, are frankly companies like Amazon and companies like Google and, and certainly Apple who have in various ways really, really 
taken the idea that the brand is more than a marketing message, but it's the entirety of the customer journey and the experience. And when you delight customers and really create a seamless purchase experience, you satisfy the customer with your products and services, how you deliver, how you satisfy their challenges and their problems. Frankly, that's more powerful than any marketing message that you might put out in the marketplace. And the marketing messages then are just in support of that customer experience. Now, certainly there are, I'm oversimplifying a bit, but I think Amazon has certainly proved that when you start with the customer and you work backwards and you focus relentlessly on a customer experience, that you win them over for the long term. And there are certain clear attributes that, that the customer begins to associate with your brand. Yeah. They do a great job. I mean, they, they're the ones, right, pioneering retail stores where you just walk in and literally grab things and walk out. And I know they're still piloting that, no pun intended, but they're piloting the use of drones for delivery to make delivery even more immediate. And like you said, they look at the customer experience and say, how can we make that less friction, faster, more convenient, more immediacy, better quality? I still remember the days when you would buy something from Amazon and they would actually stick like a little freemium in the box and get that. And they didn't have to do that, but they did that. Genius of American Express, right? I think their marketing slogan, right? Membership has its privileges, right? To actually give you a credit card and talk about you being a member to something and then looking at your metadata and seeing, wow, Amex people travel, they buy gifts, they buy sporting tickets, they go to events. So why don't we form partnerships with these airline companies so that there's a a lounge that they can attend and go to while they're waiting for their flight or offer a concierge to do that. Had the good fortune of working many years with American Express, my company, Demand Gen, you know, helping them with their go-to-market and uh, implementing all their marketing technology. So it's it's fascinating to see so many of you in this digital era bringing the the brand experience online and continuing that relationship with your prospects and your customers in a digital way um, and making it very meaningful. Gene, I don't want to ask what keeps you up at night, but as a CMO, I'd like to ask like a derivative of that question, which is what do you think about? So when you're not at the office and you're driving home or wherever you do your thoughtful thinking about marketing strategy, marketing programs, what, what are you thinking about? Well, I'm thinking a lot about all of the issues that relate to the customer experience and how we can perfect them. And that doesn't necessarily mean that my department directly is in charge of impacting every aspect of that experience. But those are the things that I'm thinking about, right? So as an example, you know, we employ some of the highest quality, world's best known photojournalists on our editorial team. And our contributors, many of whom are exclusive contributors, are some of the greatest creative professionals in the world. And so how, how we can continue to maintain that advantage, deliver the highest quality imagery, videography uh, to our customer base, how we can do so with the highest return on investment. In other words, how can we get from point A to point B in the easiest way possible? delivering a message that that gets a customer to take action that then results in them having a seamless experience and getting the creative content that they need to satisfy the myriad of needs that they might have and doing so in a way that's easy for them to understand and allows for a multitude of of professionals at their organization to access uh, our service 
is all of what I think about, right? And, and we're constantly trying to maximize our return on investment and use data to do so. Another significant aspect of what I spend a lot of time thinking about is how we can improve, you know, our demand generation process and, you know, working closely with our sales organization to make sure that we deliver to them the highest quality leads at the right moment in time in the clearest manner possible, obviously using Salesforce to do so. And, and that's a, a core aspect of what we're, what we're working on. And it, a lot of that has to do with building the right foundation, making sure that your sales organization starts with the right muscle of using Salesforce appropriately so that you create a loop of information that goes from the marketplace to the sales professional uh, into our database. Uh, then our data scientists take over by creating predictive models that help us segment our customer base and, and the whole cycle starts over again. So those are a lot of the issues that I think about, you know, how can we deliver the right content information and experience for our customers to make them continue to come back year after year. When you got to Getty, which was just a little bit over a year ago, um, did you have to rebrand marketing in any way? Like was the perception of marketing was it good? Was it where it needs to be? You know, what'd you have to do in terms of where you are now and, and where things were then? Well, I've been, I've been here going on two years now, Dave. And, and I think um, the good news is I started with the support of a CEO and a COO uh, and a CFO, all of whom fundamentally believed that marketing needed to continue to transition to a place where more and more of the decisions at this organization were driven by data, information, research, fact, and rigor, as opposed to emotion, anecdote, you know, various stories that might float from sales professionals into the organization. And so, you know, the biggest, the biggest change I had to make was helping the rest of the organization outside of that core management team understand that marketing was not a pot of discretionary funds that could be used to pay for any pet project that each of the various departments might have, that there was going to be a discipline around marketing and that we were going to develop a culture of testing and learning. And that as part of that culture, we were going to apply data to make marketing decisions. And when things and programs and assets were quote unquote winners based on our testing and our learning, we would double down on those things and try to iterate on those things. And when things were losers, we'd try to figure out why by using data, but that we would become much, much more disciplined about how we would spend our money in marketing across the organization to drive a return on investment. Because the reality is the Getty Images brand has been and continues to be quite strong. And part of the secret sauce for us, quite frankly, is that we get the added benefit of millions of impressions literally every day through the watermarks that we have on our imagery that show up on all of the media and news sites in prime real estate. And while those impressions are certainly fleeting impressions, that tonnage adds up and people think of us as the market leader. And so we've got a very, very strong brand. The Getty Images brand is quite healthy, quite strong. And really, our core challenge is employing our limited marketing dollars and investing our limited marketing dollars in a way that will always give us the highest return on investment. It's got to be pretty satisfying for you guys when you're watching TV. You know, it's kind of like when you watch the news and you see 
aerial shots. And then of course it's, it's Google maps. But when you look at images and you see that Getty brand right there in the corner of the screen, that it's a Getty image, it's gotta be very satisfying. Unfortunately, sometimes we see those in when the country's not in a good place or the world's not in a good place, but you guys are the place people go to get those images. And it's gotta be, it's gotta be rewarding. What's next for you and for the marketing team over the next next year? What are some of the key initiatives? Yeah, we're, we're highly focused on taking our demand generation function and our data science applications to the next level. So putting a lot of energy into continuing not only to build out that team, but to step-by-step step improve the end-to-end process of demand generation and how we apply data science. And we're getting better and stronger at that every week. We're extremely focused on delivering the right kinds of sales marketing materials to our sales force to ensure that you know we're delivering the right messages, particularly in the form of products and features and services to our customer base and making sure we do so in a, in a way that uh, is global, right? Because we're a highly global organization. And so all of those materials have to be right uh, for the different regions of the globe and very, very important. And I think, you know, another key focus for us is to continue to improve and maximize the performance of our global digital efforts. One of the things that I did, Dave, when I got here is take a look across the marketing organization and how we were organized. And essentially with key members of the team, we completely retooled the marketing function. So starting with in our our sales marketing and branding area where we do our product marketing and we create our assets, we had to literally overnight build our own marketing creative services team. There was no internal marketing creative services team. So we we built that. Mm -hmm. We restructured our sales marketing and product marketing team to be focused less on, on what is often called integrated marketing and brand and much more focused on the delivery of the right kinds of materials not only for demand generation marketing, but for our global sales team, which is a very, very large and dedicated global sales team. And we looked at the investment that we were making in digital marketing, and I quickly determined that there was an ability to invest more in digital marketing and to shift even more spend to digital and looked at the professionals that we had in that organization in terms of quality and quantity and realized that we needed a, a bigger, higher quality staff. And so we, we built a global digital team that's broken into three regions, the Americas, EMEA, and APAC. And we got each one of those regions managing those functions from paid search to paid social remarketing, affiliate marketing, et cetera. And, so, and then we extended that to marketing operations where we've steadily improved the quality of the professionals that have been added to the marketing operations team. And I think our marketing operations team at this stage is stronger than it's ever been. And so, you know, we really spent a great deal of time adding talent to our team, reorganizing the team to be focused in different ways, creating career paths for people and putting in place the motivation for them to want to accomplish these goals and take on these tasks. We put in various incentive systems and and ways of recognizing and rewarding people in the marketing team that didn't exist before. And we feel like the combination of all of that is going to continue to help us pick off each of our goals one by one. That's awesome. Uh, you guys, you guys have been on a, a definitely rebuild. It's been an honor 
for you know our team to help you on that on that journey. You talked about content marketing, and as you said, you you spent a good portion of your career with Warner and. You know, working at a publisher, working at companies that create content, and that's what they do. Have you, what did you take from that in terms of how you guys create and publish content at, at Getty? Is there a correlation in, in the experiences there and what you guys are doing? Well, I think the, the most obvious correlation from my point of view is that I always felt like the creative professionals that I had the privilege of working with at Time Incorporated and Time Warner were the best in their field. They created the best, highest quality content with extremely high standards of editorial integrity. And they always had the best interest of the reader at heart. And their goal was always to tell the story correctly in the, in, in the most in-depth way possible if they were in charge of a news brand and certainly uh, to serve the customer with the best, easiest to understand information if they were in some kind of a service-oriented brand or publication, whatever the case might be. And I, I feel the same way here, which made it a really easy transition. You know, the, the creative professionals that I get to work with at Getty are the best in the business and they are dedicated every single day to telling stories that are factually correct, to moving the world with images, whether it be through editorial or the greatest creative that we can actually produce. And so from that standpoint, I see a lot of similarities between the two companies. Awesome. Well, Gene, thank you so much for spending time with me and sharing your insights. When I listen to you, I still hear that coach inside you, right? I, I just I just hear how you've brought the team together and you've upped the quality caliber of the members of the team and how you are putting them on the field metaphorically and and just controlling the game. And you control the game, you you win the game. And for a company like Getty, which provides imagery to people, right? It's it's not hardware. It's not a product that you hold in your hand. It's it's digital imagery that's got to be accessible and and useful and purposeful. And it is, you know, the experience is what largely differentiates you, as well as the quality of the imagery that that you have in in your library. And it's great, great to hear how you're leading that brand experience and, and building incredible teams. So thank you. Thanks for coming on the program. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, Dave. I really appreciate it. And thanks to your team for the great work that you've done over the past year. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it. Look forward to connecting with all of you on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.